We're going to continue now with our time of worship by opening up God's Word. And today we're actually continuing to dive deep into our summer rhythm. Or we've changed up the pace of how we usually do things in the spring, in the fall. And throughout the summer we actually go beyond just hearing the Word of God. And we take time to respond and go deeper and just let it really simmer in us. Together as a church community, we engage the Word of God. We sharpen one another with God's mighty Word. And throughout the month of June, we're continuing in the Psalms. And I'm going to just go ahead and continue to share a brief little introduction into the Psalms. And then we're going to be looking at uh, Psalm 40 and reading it together as a church community. So everyone will be welcome to go ahead and follow along with that. And it's going to start in Psalm chapter 40 in just a couple of moments. But really, we're taking this time to just sharpen each other. And uh, just reminding everyone here at Imago Church in the body of Christ that we can do this. We can study and reflect and be shaped by the scriptures each and every one of us is equipped and empowered through God's Word to meditate on the Word of God day and night, as Psalm 1 talked about last week when we looked at it. We're able to sharpen, to encourage, and to build each, other's up, each other up through God's precious Word. And each week we've had an opportunity after we reflect on the psalm to be able to just take some time to be still and to receive from a special song or a special poem. And we'll be doing that later on today. And we'll also be hearing different voices from our church community. And there will be a reflection on the psalms today as well from a voice in our community. And that is really what we have been looking at together as a church community, diving deep into the Psalms. Last week we were reminded on really the role of the Psalms within the Bible. And that the Bible, the Word of God, is actually a book and a series of, of books, 66 books, in this wonderful Bible that really all have a purpose. We read the Bible to get to know the heart and the mind of God because the Bible is the living link between us and the living God. We also talked about last week how the Bible's written in a particular literary style and that style is called ancient Jewish meditative literature. And the point of Jewish meditative literature is not just information. And similarly, the purpose of the Bible is not just information or inspira inspiration, but the point and the purpose of the Bible is transformation. That we would be transformed more and more into the likeness of Christ, the living image of God. The Bible is written as the God's written word, and it serves as what we just shared, the link between us and God. So as we meditate on the Word of God, the Word of God actually has the power to transform us and to make us new, to give us new hearts, to give us new minds, and to give us new thoughts. And the way that the Bible does that is through meditating on the Word of God. And we talked about last week how meditating simply means focused thinking. 
The Bible invites us to refocus our thinking because refocused thinking leads to renewed living. We're learning as a church community to pray the Psalms and to also live the Psalms. And we've been taking time throughout these past couple of weeks to just uh, watch these videos that help us understand the role of the Psalms within the Bible. So let's go ahead and take these next couple of minutes and check out this introduction to the book of Psalms and then we'll all come back together immediately afterwards and continue in reflecting on the Psalms. And that's what Psalm 2 is about. God's promise that a king would come from the line of David. He's called the Son of God and the Messiah. God appoints him to bring justice on human evil and to restore God's kingdom and peace over the nations. So Psalms 1 and 2 introduce all these main themes. Yes, and then the book develops those themes through the five sections. The first two explore the complicated story of David and his royal family. The third section focuses on the tragedy of Israel's exile and the downfall of David's royal line. But then the fourth and fifth sections rekindle the hope for the Messiah, a new temple, and God's kingdom on the other side of the exile. Then the book ends with a five-part conclusion, praising God for his faithfulness. Cool. Now, nearly half of the Psalms are connected to one guy, King David, who God chose to rule Israel. Yes, David's story is really important in this book. He experienced many times of hardship, but he trusted God with radical faith. And in these poems, David shares his fears, confesses his failures, and offers thanks to his Redeemer. And he's constantly speaking of a deep longing to be in God's presence in the temple. But wait, David lived before the temple was even built. Exactly. This portrait of David, hoping and praying for God's kingdom and a future temple, it resembles the hopes of the later generations of the exiles. And so David's prayers could become theirs as well. David's like a prayer coach, giving us words for how to pray and how to discover God's presence in good times and bad. Exactly. There are 73 poems connected to David, but most of the rest come from later generations of biblical poets, and they have learned to pray and hope like David. And so the end result is the book of Psalms, designed as a virtual temple for all generations of God's people. This isn't a kind of book you just read once and put down. No, it's designed for a lifetime of slow rereading and reflection. These prayers and laments and songs of praise are meant to become our own. They're poems for exiles who are learning to live by God's wisdom and to seek God's justice in the world as they hope for the coming Messiah and the kingdom of God. So at the heart of the Bible, we find the Psalms, the heart of God. And the Psalms are actually God's songbook. The Psalms were the original songbook for the people of God, for the church. And we see how worship plays just such a special role in the scriptures. In this passage that we're about to read, we read about a song that David sang. So who exactly was David, King David, who wrote many of the Psalms and in fact is referred to as the psalmist by many? King David, or David, we learn his story since he's a very young boy, and, and the Bible takes us through his entire life story up until his deathbed, actually. But David is described as a man after God's own heart. 
David wrote the majority of the Psalms. He wrote 73 of the Psalms. And the rest of the Psalms are actually written by different biblical poets. And one thing that we see is very evident in the Psalms, as we've been saying the past couple of weeks, every single human emotion and human experience can be found in the Psalms. David, and the, and, and the Psalms are not afraid to, to mention this, David was not a perfect man. And in fact, the Psalms and different parts of the scriptures even highlight some of his imperfections. In fact, David messed up a lot. But yet, David held on and he trusted the living God. David never let go of the God who would never let go of him. So for any of us, whatever we may be going through, or maybe we've given in to just this brokenness in us, look to the Psalms and remember that if there is hope for David, the psalmist, then that means that there is hope for you. There's hope for me. There's hope for us. Because the psalmist's story is our story. We are a people that are both broken and blessed. David experienced true pain and true joy, true hardship and true love, true fear and true faith. We see this all poured out in the Psalms. So backing up just a little bit more, who exactly was David, the psalmist. David actually served as the second king of the ancient kingdom of Israel. And we read about this, this kingdom in the Old Testament. David experienced many times, I mean many times, of hardship and challenge. But one thing that David did is that he trusted in God with a radical faith. David trusted God in what I like to call a no matter what kind of faith. That no matter what happens, I trust in the Lord. No matter if everything around me seems to fall and is destroyed, I trust in the Lord. David trusted with a no matter what kind of faith. In the Psalms, David shares his fears. David confesses his failures and his shortcomings. David gives praises and thanks to God in all seasons. Through the Psalms, David actually serves as a prayer coach to us, giving us words for how to pray and how to discover God's presence in the good times as well as in the bad times we see that there is a psalm for every season. Psalms of orientation, when things are going as they should be, and psalms of disorientation, where we trust and praise God even when things are not as they should be, kind of like the time we're in right now. So in those times, and maybe you've experienced this over the past few months during this season of disorientation, in those times when we have no words, 
in those seasons where we only have tears or confusion or unanswered questions? Friends, brothers, sisters, in those times, remember that we still have the Psalms. We have the Psalms. We can pray the Psalms. We can live the Psalms. In those times in our lives when we are speechless, the Psalms give us words for how to pray and how to enter into God's holy presence. Even when we feel unworthy, the Psalms are the invitation to draw near to God who draws near to us. So let's go ahead and pause for a second and ask ourselves, why the Psalms? Why do we even sing in the first place? Singing and praising is something very unique. It's not something that we do in any context. You know, we don't just go into any supermarket and just start singing with everyone there. But why do the Psalms invite us to sing? Well, friends, when we actually sing and we, when we sing praises to God, there's something mysterious and something beautiful that happens in, in a way that is unseen, in a way that is invisible and eternal. Something is happening when we sing praises to God. And in fact, the worship service, even a, uh, an online distanced worship service like we're doing right now, why we're so persistent in doing it week after week together is because in the worship service, the church, in, in this experience, there's an event that happens. It's not just a thing. It's not just a routine. But in the worship service of the church, of God's people, when God's people are, are come together to sing praises and to pray together, there's something unique and eternal and invisible that happens. In the church service, the Holy Spirit actually makes us new. The Holy Spirit makes witnesses and brings new life to God's people through prayer, through preaching, and through praising, through lifting up praises to God. Praises are made up of songs. David in Psalm 40, which we're going to read in just a few moments here, David is singing a song of praise. He's singing a song of praise even in the midst of disorientation. Even when nothing around him seems to make sense, David sings a psalm of praise. We see that this psalm, just like the other 150 psalms, they all have a story. Because to enter into a song is to enter into a story. Every single song and every single psalm that we read has a story and a history behind it. And friends, brothers, sisters, the psalms invite us into a bigger story, into God's story. Just as David was singing a song of praise, today 
our great King and our Lord Jesus is inviting us to sing a song of praise to the living Lord in response to his love, to his faithfulness, to sing a song of praise even in a time of disorientation, even in a time of confusion. We can sing up a song of praise or as the song we've sang in church before reminds us, we can raise a hallelujah. That whole concept of singing in a time of disorientation, that's a concept that begins in the Psalms and we continue to sing it today. So what exactly does it mean to join the chorus, to join and be a part of this eternal song that God invites us into? Thankfully, it's not vocal lessons. We don't need vocal lessons to sing a new song, the song of the Lord, and thank the Lord for that. Last week when we asked ourselves what, uh, how we rated ourselves as, as singers in a scale of 1 to 10, I'm a 6, but I really sing with all my heart up to 11, if you've ever sang next to me. But the truth is that we get in tune with this song, with this everlasting song of the Lord that the Psalms invite us into. We get in tune with this eternal song when we come and trust in Jesus, when we trust in God more than we trust in ourselves, more than we trust in our circumstances, more than we trust in other people or in things or in outcomes. But when we trust in the Creator, when we trust in the Lord above anything created, that is how we get in tune with this eternal song and it's this eternal song that David the psalmist invites us into in our worship services I'm so grateful for our praise team that even in these months while we've been doing online worship they have worked so hard to make sure that we as a church community can continue to lift up praises to God, to sing a joyful praise. So if you have an opportunity this week, please go ahead and reach out to some of our worship team. Thank them for the work and ministry they continue to do to bless this church so that we could continue to sing praises. Why it's so important to sing praises is because when we trust in God, when we sing praises to God, that's part of being vulnerable with God. And to be vulnerable is to love. And to love requires that connection, that intimacy. And in this season, even when we're all apart, even when we're going through this time of disorientation, the Psalms are inviting us into next level worship to go into that next level of worship through meditating, through refocusing our thinking, and through just letting go and letting God do the work that he needs to do in and through us. To stop trying to hold on to any sense of control, but let go and trust him and find true freedom in singing this eternal song that he invites us to sing. Why are songs so powerful? Why are the psalms so powerful? 
Why does music have this unique power that almost nothing else does? Some of you have heard me refer to this poet before, the South Sudanese poet, Emmanuel Jaw, who actually tells us why exactly this is the case, why songs and psalms are so, are, are so powerful, and why at the heart of the Bible we see the heart of God in the songbook of the Bible in the psalms. The South Sudanese poet Emmanuel Jaw reminds us of the power of music when he says that music is the only thing that can touch your heart without your permission. That's the power of song, of music, a gift from God, a gift from God that allows a direct connection between our hearts and the heart of the living God. Praise and the Psalms are actually an invitation to sing this eternal song. They're an invitation to trust in God in every season, in every circumstance, in any moment that we may find ourselves. The Psalms are songs of God's good news. Songs of God's restoration are songs that remind us of God's faithfulness. These are the songs that the living Lord, through his word, through the Psalms, these are the songs that we're invited to sing. And why there's so much emphasis in the Psalms throughout the scriptures, why it is the book in the Bible that has the most chapters in it by far is because God is well aware. He created us. He knows what makes us tick. He knows what moves us, what has the power to move us, to transform us. He knows the gift of music, the gift of song, the gift of praise that can do that. And here's the truth. The songs that we sing have the power to influence us and to influence our lives almost like nothing else on this earth does we're invited to sing a new song an eternal song a song of praise even <laughs> in times of disorientation in times of confusion there's always a song to sing friends brothers sisters our God is a God of restoration and to be restored means that we are re-storied. Our story becomes new. Our story becomes re-storied with God's story. Our heart begins to align with his heart and reflect his heart. And this is exactly this process of transformation. That's what the Psalms are calling us to today. Along with trusting the Lord, this eternal song of praise that the Psalms invite us into. These are, this is a song that's inviting us to just be in awe and wonder and amazement and to just let go and worship. Worship without reservation. Worship as if no one around you is looking. 
This is the closeness. This is the vulnerability. This is the intimacy that the Psalms invite us into. So I'm actually going to read Psalm 40 for us now. And you can read it in your Bible. And this will be a time between you and God to just dive in. Let go and let God, let God teach you this new eternal song. This song that allows you to rest in him, to find refuge and peace in him, no matter what may be going on around us. Let's read now together as a church community from Psalm chapter 40, beginning at verse 1, and we'll read to verse 13. Let's read and pray this psalm together. Psalm 40, beginning at verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. Out of the mud and the mire, he set my feet on a rock and he gave me a place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods, Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you planned for us, none can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be far too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are even more than the hairs on my head and my heart fails within me. Be pleased to save me, my Lord. Come quickly, Lord. Help me. Let that be your prayer today. Be pleased to save me, O Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. 
come quickly, Lord, to help us. Be pleased to save us, O Lord. Amen. So just as we've been doing the past couple of weeks, we read and we reflect on a psalm and we ask, what does this psalm have to say about God? What does this psalm have to say about people? And how is God calling us to refocus our thinking? How is God calling us into transformation? I love how in the psalms we see that there are psalms for all seasons. And throughout this month, we're going to have the opportunity to hear what the psalms have meant to many within our church community. And today, kicking us off this week, our very own Mama and Papa Joyce, Joyce Jones, They've been a great part of the church community since the very beginning. Uh, Brother John had the opportunity to get us kicked off with the opening prayer and uh, the, then just the greeting earlier today. And now uh, Joyce is actually going, Joyce Jones is going to share with us a reflection on Psalm 138. Let's hear how God has spoken throughout the Psalms. In this series of studies in Psalms, we will be studying the many ways Psalms speaks into our lives, expressing sorrow, joy, confusion, comfort, hope, and God's providence. It speaks in the many times and experiences of life. I have chosen this meditation on Psalm 138. Psalm 138 is a beautiful royal psalm of David, praising God for his saving help against threatening foes. Let us read Psalm 138. I will praise you, O Lord, with all of my heart. Before the gods I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name. For your love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. May all the kings of the earth praise you, O Lord. When they hear the words of your mouth, may they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is on high, he looks upon the lowly. But the proud he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. This psalm, above all, reminds us to keep our eyes focused on God. He is worthy of our praise, as Psalm 138 expresses so clearly. God's goodness is always with us, no matter our circumstances. It reminds us of God's love and faithfulness, that we must exalt his name and his word. He is faithful to keep his promises, listens and answers our prayers. He strengthens us as we lift up our cares. Even though he is on high, he cares for the downtrodden and saves us in our troubles. This psalm reassures us that he will always fulfill his purposes in our lives and that his love endures forever 
and he will never abandon us. Psalm 138 is a psalm of gratitude and reassurance. In the many times of danger, guilt, and fear, the psalms have always spoken to God's people and comforted us. In these confusing times, counting our blessings and focusing on gratitude remind us of God's faithfulness and shine the hope of God's grace into our lives. Thank you, Father, for your word and the psalms. Amen. During this month, we're going to have the opportunity to hear from more voices from our church community. And that'll be a joyful experience to be able to see familiar faces as well. At the heart of God is worship. And now we're going to take an opportunity to simply do that, to worship. Our worship team is going to lead us in a song entitled, Where You Go, I'll Go. It's a special song for the congregation. Take an opportunity to just simply pray these lyrics, to receive them. Say, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Inspired from those words from the book of Ruth. Let's go ahead and take an opportunity to reflect and meditate on this song. Where you go, I'll go.
soon forget We will not forget who you are and what you've done for us What you've done for us Though the world sees and soon forgets We will not forget who you are and what you've done for us What you've done for us Amen. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. The Psalms are prayers. And through this month of June, we have the opportunity to pray the Psalms, to live the Psalms. We can do that each and every day. We're inviting everyone in our church community to take time to read a psalm a day. There are so many to choose from. But you can even listen to one in audio or read one every morning or every night. Remember, that is the key to how God makes us new. Meditating on his word 
day and night. He invites us to sing a new song, an eternal song, a song of forgiveness, a song of salvation. So let's come together and pray and close out our time. Oh God, we are your people and you are our God. Thank you, Lord, that we were able to even declare that together as one church body. Where you go, we will go. Where you stay, we will stay. Where you move, we will move, God. Lord, you don't ask for shows. You don't ask for fakeness, Lord. You ask for the real thing. You ask for our lives as living sacrifices. So, Lord, we've had an opportunity to go deep in your word and to be refreshed through your living water. And as we close out our time in praise, God, would you do that marvelous and mysterious thing in and through us, Lord. Give us new hearts. Give us new minds as we lift up praises to you this morning. May we experience your presence and your power would you make us new, God? Receive our praise because you're worthy of it. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.